Yeah, I know everything's all out of order this week. And I don't care. It's actually a lie. I do care. It's been a complicated week in the Bespers household. But we persevere. The hack and cracks are howling. Something like that. Uh, welcome to the Buy Low Show for week 11, be it Friday. We try to do this one on Tuesdays so that the name actually matches the content of the show. The nice thing about a Buy Low Show is that it doesn't have to be on a Tuesday. It could be any day. It just makes it harder to name. That's a Dan problem, though. That's not a you problem. So just take this one for what it is. It's a Buy Low Show for stuff happening on January the 5th. As opposed to what would have been, I guess, January 2nd? Yeah, 432. That's how counting backwards works. But the information is still accurate. It'll still be good for X number of hours or days after I bring it to you. You never know how long until a buy low player starts to kick it back into high gear. So sometimes you have to act fast. Sometimes you can linger a little. Think through your propositions in your leagues. But either way, we'll do a little bit of a recap. What's been going on on our buy low shows. I thought that was a nice addition three or four or five weeks ago whenever we started adding in the, hey, Howard's the stuff gone from the last couple weeks. And then I got a few new names, some riskier than others, some more predictable. You might be able to see through a few of it. Gee, I wonder what Dan, what player Dan put in the thumbnail for today's episode. Hmm. That's a uh that's a noodle scratcher. I think that was a Ned Flandersism. Well, as brain benders go, that's a noodle scratcher. I'm at Dan Bespris over on Twitter at D A N B E S B R I S. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Got a pretty cool announcement coming up on the pod side. That will probably break out that announcement early next week. It will not change the way that you consume the content. It's actually just kind of a cool thing for us, solidifying our growth in the pod space, in the industry space, um, kind of a validation, as it were, for all of our hard work. But uh, excited. I'm excited about that. Again, it changes nothing for any of you, so I don't even know why I brought it up other than to say, should be cool. So thank you to everybody that's watched, that's listened, that's liked, that's rated, that's subscribed, that's followed, that's gone to the Discord, all that stuff. Every one of those little things over the years adds up to these steps the show takes forward. Let's dive into the goodies, if I can remember how to do it. Wait a minute, there it is. I got it. Don't worry. Ta-da! By low. Week 11. Here we go. I don't even know why I have this slide up. By the way, you know what, guys? You know what I have to do to make the slide work in StreamYard? I have to uh, alt-tab my way through Windows to turn slides. And, and I know that there's a simpler way if I was using OB Studio, OBS. Um, I could just, like, flip a thing while still going. But with this one, that's why I keep looking down. Look like at a dummy on air. Let's do some updates here to get this party started. Last buy low updates. Or latest, if I could read my own writing. OG Ananobi was on the buy low board a number of times, and he's been traded since the last time we looked this one over. What does that mean for OG? Well, it means... He's on a team that's going to give him big minutes, but he was on a team that gave him big minutes before. His 
job doesn't change all that much between Toronto and New York. He's still behind basically two players in the offensive pecking order. He's still going to be asked to do a lot on defense. He's going to ask, be asked to hit a bunch of corner threes to be efficient. So it doesn't really change our position on him. He's number 91 now. I think we had him as a buy low when he was in the 90s. He dropped outside of the top 100. He's back into the 90s now. He's bouncing all around. He hasn't really solidified himself in any particular way. So, yeah, I don't move off of my position. Although I will comment that I think it's probably going to be more difficult to buy low on Ananobi after the trade, just because his name is in the lights right now. Hey, he got traded. He was the prize. He was the guy. I know Emmanuel quickly going the other way from fantasy purposes, the one that gets the biggest jump. But OG was the biggest name player involved in that trade, so that's going to be a tougher time to go pry him loose from somebody else. Still, he was on our board, so we got to track him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has been steadily climbing the board. This was a very easy one to see coming, mostly because his free throw number was down, his field goal number was down, he was ranked number like 65 while shooting 44% from the field and 80% at the free throw line. And that just always wasn't going to stick. And people are like, oh my God, he's actually washed this time. It's like, nah, he's fine. Even when guys slow, they don't typically forget how to shoot free throws unless there's like some kind of yips thing going on, which didn't appear to be the case with DeRozan. So it was all just a matter of time till he went on a free throw shooting heater and he's on a free throw shooting heater now. Everything is moving back in the direction from whence it came. His free throws up to 84, which still could go higher. I know career he's 84, but three previous seasons to this one, he was at 87 twice and 88. So it could actually get higher than that. Field goal percent is at 46. Last couple years, he's been at 50, 50, 49, 53 going backwards. So that actually could still climb higher. I'm inclined to believe it will. And everything else is basically where it needs to be for him to move back into that 30-something rank board. Right now, he's at 47, so he's up about 20 slots from when we had him on the buy-low list. And I would call that one a pretty nice win so far. Jalen Williams was one of the other ones on the list that wasn't really moving as fast as we were hoping. He was sitting in that 90 range. He seemed like a really easy buy-low candidate because he wasn't getting any steals, and that was going to be one of his calling cards. Last week, he had a five-steal game. Hopefully, you were able to buy low before that happened because now he's number 64. And it's not just from one game. He's been playing better for the last couple of weeks. In fact, it's probably worth looking up, actually. How has Jalen Williams been doing the last two weeks? He's number 31, shooting 63% over that stretch. Yes, obviously not a sustainable field goal percent, but that's been a nice one. And then Walker Kessler, who, you know, his minutes are all over the map, but... He's blocking like three shots in 25 minutes a game right now. He's top 30 over the last two weeks, still only playing 25 minutes a game over that stretch. Believe it or not, there's still room for improvement, but he's been on the rise as well. The one guy that has not really made any headway of any kind is Cam Johnson. And it does boggle the mind a little bit. I'll admit, boggles the mind. But at the same time, look, he's number 81 over the last two weeks. It hasn't been bad for him by any stretch, but it's been bad for the Nets. Somehow, Cam Johnson's been one of the few Nets to not get swallowed up in the crap going on out there because they've been really bad. You'll hear from Mikhail Bridges because he was on last week's show and he's going to be a repeat name on this one. But everybody's just getting it handed to them. Except somehow Cam Johnson, who, again, hasn't been good, 
but has been fine. And when the sky is falling, you kind of take fine. He's under this very little parasol. Sky's falling on everything all around him. And he's like, if I stand perfectly still under this very tiny umbrella, I'll be all right. So, yeah, you could probably still buy low on Johnson. I think you could buy low on almost everybody on the Nets right now. And I might consider doing that. A little bit more on the updates. We had Bradley Beal as kind of the risky place, or one of the risky plays. Um, is that last week or two weeks ago? He's back now. Uh, 18 points, three boards, four assists, a steal, and a block since coming back. Those numbers probably, well, the scoring, the rebounds, the assists, that probably trends upward a little bit. Uh, I'm looking for Beal to be more in the 60 to 80 range this year. I just don't really think there's enough for him to do to climb above that area. Um, But that was... When we didn't have a timetable, he made sense as a buy low. And then once you got a timetable, it was kind of hard to do. But I think that was one that probably worked out. And then Jimmy Butler, who I'm going to talk about again on today's show, he was a name we threw out there last week before he got re-hurt. So believe it or not, I mean, you do believe it because you've heard me doing these shows before. You know that means that's something that I'm probably going to triple down on it. But let's talk about the name, the the man whose face graces the thumbnail today, and that's Carl Anthony Towns. And he's kind of the biggest non-risk buy low name on the board this week because Cat is down to number 43, 44, depending on what website you're looking at on the season. And 9-Cat over the last month, he's number 96. Over the last two weeks, he's outside the top 200. And the big reason on Cat having such a uh, painfully low rank over these last two weeks is that he's completely forgotten how to get a defensive stat. Totally forgotten it. On the season, you knew those numbers were going to be lower because he's the power forward for that team. He's not the center anymore. When guys play center, they get more blocks. It's just simple as that. As the power forward, the last two years... His blocks have gone down from 1.1, 1.2, 1.6 he had. Now they're at 0.6 and 0.5 the last two seasons. Steals are pretty much in line with what he'd had before. No massive surprises there at about 0.8 per game. Uh, But that block drop-off was something that we always kind of knew was coming, along with the fact that he wasn't going to be getting 11 rebounds a game when Rudy Gobert's around. So who is the real Carl Anthony Towns? Is he the guy we saw for the first month and a half, first six weeks of the season, he was hovering around that 25 range? Or is he the guy we've seen for the last four weeks that's been closer to the edge of the top 100? I guess the third choice then is, is he the guy we've seen in aggregate? The biggest thing that jumps out to me, and you know, some of it is some a couple of lower scoring games mixed in. That's not stuff that I'm super concerned about. He's still Carl Anthony Towns. He's still very good on offense. He's going to have some lower scoring games. Mini two, three game slumps happen to everybody. The thing that jumps out to me is that Cat has not had a single defensive stat, steal or block, since December 21st. That's more than two weeks ago. Yes, he sat out one game in Sacramento. He's played in the other five. He has not had one single defensive stat in those five games. And as bad as he may become playing power forward, zeros is a bit of an overcorrection. I think the cat that we're seeing in aggregate 
is probably not all that far off from the Carl Anthony Towns that you get over the course of the season. The nice thing about this slump for him is that because he's been so bad the last two weeks in particular, and really fairly pedestrian over the last month, is that you can get him for cheaper than he was drafted, basically. He was drafted around 30. He wasn't a guy I was targeting there. I was like, look, this is a relatively safe play. Like, He's probably not going to be all that far behind that. And he's not all that far behind that, but he wasn't a guy I thought had a whole lot of room to beat his number as long as Rudy Gobert was healthy and he was playing power forward. And so far, that's all kind of played itself out. You could probably get Towns for someone ranked right around Towns right now, that 45 range, maybe even a couple slots deeper if you're you know, looking at some big-name guys, from a someone who's rostering him who's just getting frustrated with the numbers he's putting up. Who are some names in that range that might get it done? Uh, do I think DeMar DeRozan would be enough? Uh, probably not by himself, but it's worth trying. Bam Adebayo is down to number 51. I don't know that anybody noticed it. It's largely because he's his free throw number has come back down to earth. Blocks have also kind of come back down. I mean, Bam, Bam's having a good season. And again, if you're punting one or two categories, he's he's been actually pretty outstanding. But, you know, classic big man, doesn't shoot the three ball at all. Free throws are meh. Um, great rebounding numbers. He's scoring well. So, again, I, I, I think Bam may be giving up potentially too much if you're on the head-to-head side. But Roto, you know, Cat has a long track record of being a, a more well-rounded Roto player than Bam Adebayo. Other names in that range that might be enough to get it done? Mm, I don't know that I would go Jalen Brunson, but you could consider it. Anthony Simons, if he has a big game, if he scores like 35 and it's six three-pointers, that's worth trying. Um, Alperin Shengun's been on a vicious run with some guys out for Houston. He's moved up from 60 to 40. Free throws have actually been a little bit better for him as well. That might be an interesting one. You know, I kind of like that one. I think I kind of like the Shengun one because he's been crazy hot lately. So someone's going to treat him as like a top 25 guy when, you know, at some point the free throw is going to come back down and guys are going to return and he's not going to be like a 30, 10, and 7 every game. And Cat's going to come out of this little funk. And right now, while one of them's been lava hot and the other one's been ice cold, they've just barely pulled into sort of like a dead heat with each other. But as Cat warms back up and Shengun, who, by the way, again, has been very good all year, but just kind of comes back to earth and falls maybe back towards that 50 range, you might be able to get like a 15 to 20 slot separation between the two that right now is two slots. They're both right in that same area. I don't think Miles Bridges would get it done. I don't think that I would sell on Jimmy Butler. He's more of a buy name, and we'll talk about him in a moment. I don't think you're going to get enough for Evan Mobley. Guys like Gafford, Hero, Jalen Johnson, those guys are not don't have enough name power to get it done. Miles Turner might get it done if you're willing to part with some blocks, and I don't think I'd go much higher than that. And then if you're looking down the board, I don't think anybody has the name recognition to get it done. Maybe John ja Morant who we know is always going to be better in real life than in 9-cat fantasy because low defensive stats, percentages generally hurt, turnovers are super high, but again, if you're punting certain things, then that kind of changes the calculation a little bit. 
So that's the feelings on Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I want to go back to the well on Jimmy Butler with the next name on our board. He's currently ranked number 48, which is basically where he was the last time we talked about it. And instead of being able to say, oh, you know, over the last two weeks, he's like number 70-something. Over the last week and a half, two weeks, he's been hurt. And that's actually the word that I put on YouTube for folks that are listening after the fact or listening. You're always listening after the fact. If you're not watching, I should say, you don't get to see it. But I just wrote the word hurt right on the slide. Recently, he's been hurt. He went back to Miami to get treatment on his foot. uh, And there's panic in the air, which basically is the moment you know that you can buy low on somebody. Because for Butler... Again, and like we've seen with this, with a number of guys right now, some dudes just haven't gotten as many defensive stats this year as expected. He's had a few games mixed in where, you know, he's left part way, and, and maybe you could argue that's clouded things a little bit. But the butler that we know hasn't really existed yet this year. And I don't think it's fair to say that He's a dramatically changed basketball player. His rebounds are down from six to five, which I, you know, you could potentially blame that on just having a more well-rounded team around him. Assists are down from five and changed to four and a half, which again I think they've run more through Bam. They've run more through Hero when he's been there. Turnovers are also relatively low, but the issue for Jimmy is. Not that there's been a big usage change. Sure, you could point to the field goal percent being at 46 instead of 48, 49. Last year, he was at 54, which is probably not a repeatable number. The issue is that his steals, which throughout his entire career, he's been basically like a two steals per 36-minute kind of guy. And this year, he's at like 1.1 per 36. Miami hasn't changed things substantially in the way they're acting on defense. He just hasn't gotten that many this year. And I'm inclined to believe that he will. And on top of that, everybody's super annoyed, and everybody has a very good reason to be, with the fact that he just hasn't been playing ball games. He played, uh, last real game he played was on December 18th. Played 23 minutes in Utah on December 30th and immediately got re-hurt, which is like the Bradley Beal story. Nothing is more frustrating than waiting for a guy to come back for two weeks. He comes back. And he can't even finish the first ball game before going back down for at least one more week and counting. And by all accounts, it may just end up being like a month-long absence for Jimmy Butler. But you guys know the stash rule, which is for anybody that's inside the top 50, you got to be willing to wait, wait as many as five or six weeks. Meaning that whoever's got him right now feels like he's been out longer than he has. I'm not trying to downplay the fact that he's been hurt because he's burned me. I have Jimmy Butler in a few spots. He was drafted near 30. I figured that was a pretty easy one as long as he didn't miss like 30 ball games. And uh, this last stretch does make you a little bit nervous on that front. But he's not on pace to miss that many. Um, and, you know, you can calculate it at the end of a month-long injury and say, oh, well, he's on pace. But, but yes, but then he's going to play in a few games in a row, one would assume. And that's kind of what you have to go into this thinking. Someone, I forget who was in my mentions or might have been in the YouTube comments that uh, talked about the fact that uh, they, I think someone was like, they'd give him Jimmy Butler for, I forget who. It was somebody that was like a, a bona fide 65 range kind of guy, like a Devin Vassell or a, 
or like Mike Conley plus someone else in that same area. And I was like, I get it. You're frustrated. And Jimmy Butler's been not good so far this year. He's been fine, but he hasn't been good. But you got to take Jimmy Butler because even if you look back at two years ago, not last year where he had the insane field goal percent season, if you go two seasons back when he shot 48%, which is still a number he could very easily get back to, he was number 15. Do I think he's going to get to 15 this year? Nah, probably not. He's been... The low steals number has probably gone on long enough that getting it cranked all the way up to 1.6 to 2 might feel hard. But getting Butler back to 25 is not going to be all that complicated. And you can get him for someone right around where he's ranked right now. That 50 range, because people are pissed that he's hurt again. So try DeMar... Try Miles Bridges. Try Nick Claxton. Try Jared Allen. If Mark Williams was healthy, try Clint Capella. Try Vooch. He's back. People are going to be wanting to get rid of Jimmy Butler right now and be willing to accept him with open arms graciously because eventually he's going to be back and he's going to go on a little run at some point. And even if he comes back and just keeps doing what he's doing, that still ends up as a profit. And I got another repeat on today's show, and that's Mikhail Bridges, who's going down. And I, oh, I messed up a number. Don't pay attention to the numbers on your screen, YouTubers. That, that sheet is wrong. I duplicated this slide, and then I changed the wrong one. He's lower than that now. He's ranked outside the top 100, which is just insane to think. He's number 101. Because there's been no defensive stats, the field goal percent is low, the free throw hasn't helped as much as it was expected he would. He's scoring only 20.5 points per game. The expectation was that that would be a lot higher. Brooklyn is the issue here. The Nets are a disaster. I don't actually know what I think it would take to get Bridges. Again, don't pay attention to the slide right now, folks. Uh, These numbers are wrong. So I'm going to go to the next one before I even start talking about LaMelo Ball. Uh... Mikael Bridges is ranked outside the top 100. He's been horrible for like the last five or six weeks in a row after a pretty reasonable and normal start. Much like the way I feel about the Lakers right now, something's about to pop in Brooklyn. I don't know what it's going to be. Coaching change, rotation change, role change, a Ben Simmons reemergence. I don't think that's coming. But at some point, Bridges is going to wake up. Uh, Because right now, they're at that, like, they're not playing angry. They're playing annoyed. And that's bad for everybody. But at some point, somebody's going to get pissed. They're going to start playing angry. And then guys are going to start waking up in some capacity. Whether it's just to go firing up shots or getting hot or whatever it is. And right now, you could probably get Mikhail Bridges for somebody in the 75 range with some name power. Like, Zach Levine's coming back right now. Try it. Why the hell not? Yusuf Nurkic at 75 might get you Mikhail Bridges. It's crazy to think, but it's actually true. Uh, who else we got in that range? Um, Vassell. Keegan Murray. If Franz Wagner wasn't hurt, I had to throw out his name in the mix. Clint Capella, if you're willing to give up a big man stat. Jalen Brown, who's also way down the board, mostly because of his free throw percent. That would probably get it done. I don't know that I see anybody else that would get it done by themselves. But there are a lot of names in there that people feel really strongly about because they're scoring and they'll see a rank that's higher and that 
might be enough to pull it through. And finally, the last name on our board. But before we tell you about that, I want to quickly remind everybody to take a second, just one second, to rate, like, and subscribe. However you're taking in the podcast, you guys know the drill by now. Every little thing you do helps. It all snowballs very slowly. It's the slowest moving. It's a glacier of a snowball. Yes, it's the only it's the only giant glacier rolling down a hill. But I, you guys get my completely butchered metaphor. Every tiny little itty bitty thing you do is one extra flake of snow on that rolling ball. And eventually it adds up. So please do take a moment. If you enjoy the content, subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, however you take it in the show. Like something, whether it's on YouTube, on Twitter, whatever. That's all extremely useful. And check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo care uh, once again over there is Ethos 20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. 20% off, free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. We've had all of you guys in the chat room talking about how much you enjoy what you've been able to get at Manscaped, how you'll never buy anything ever again because it's the last one you'll need. It's a terrible business model. I keep saying that. They should make something that breaks down after like four years, uh, but they don't. It's awesome. You'll get it once. You'll love it forever. Again, manscaped.com, promo code ethos20. Last name on the list. On the list. LaMelo Ball. He hasn't played in over a month. We've heard nothing about a timetable. The Hornets are garbage. And yet, I think we see him back in the next two to three weeks. At the longest. Possibly sooner. Because the way the Hornets do things is that one day a guy's just out, and the next day it's like, oh, he's been upgraded from out to probable. A what? And it's going to happen with Ball. I don't know when exactly, but I do know that he had an ankle tweak, and he has a history of ankle tweaks, but they never really upgraded it from anything beyond the sort of original mess. He's been out since November 26th when he suffered the injury in Orlando, so it's been about five weeks or so since then, a little bit more than that, actually. And the most time anybody ever really misses with an ankle thing that isn't like a tear is eight. So if you're at five and a half weeks right now, basically, you kind of feel like the longest this disgusting mess could go on is another two to two and a half weeks. But the fact that there hasn't been any news on him in like eight to ten days right now is number one, obscene, but number two, to our benefit. And this is one of those ones where you kind of have to move on it really fast because I could sign off on this show and the news could break that he's coming back in like an hour. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could because that's the way the Hornets operate. The nice thing about LaMelo Ball right now also is that, first of all, he was number 31 in nine cap before going down. He was actually cooking pretty good after kind of a slow start to the year. Really, 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 really big numbers in a lot of categories Obviously very bad in turnovers, not going to help you in field goal percent, but positives in almost everything else. He's a bona fide second rounder if you're punting one of the two things he's bad in, which head-to-headers probably, there's like a 50-50 shot you're punting one of those two things, field goal or turnover. And if you're punting both, he's borderline first round. 
But even in Roto, he's an opportunity right now. Because I don't think you have to pay equal dollar. He's number 31. Whoever has him is probably sick and tired of this nonsense. So try throwing out a name like Alperin Shangun, who's been super hot lately. Who else has been hot in that range? Uh, Damar, Bam Adebayo, Damanis Sabonis has had these 20 rebound games, but he can't shoot free throws this year. I don't know why, but that's the way this season's gone. Those guys might not be enough by themselves. If you think Desmond Bain is going to fall off with John Morant back, that's a possibility. Freddie Van Vliet has worked his way up into the early 30s. Might get it done. Jalen Johnson plus someone else would probably get it done. Jalen Brunson might get it done. None of these guys really have the ability of a LaMelo Ball to be in that top 15 to top 20 discussion. And again, the big reason why Ball's not there is because of one key weak category, which isn't really the case for, like, Jalen Brunson is a good example of that. He's been great so far this year. But the reason he's not in the top 15 isn't because he's kind of a punt guy in any one thing. It's because he's pretty good in a lot of stuff, but he's not, like, he's not really, really, really good in any one thing. He's not really, really bad in anything else. The way that LaMelo Ball is very, very good in points, and threes, and assists, and steals, and free throw, and he's very bad in turnovers and pretty damn bad in field goal percent. And that's frankly a little bit of an easier player to build around for a lot of fantasy formats. So I think it's worth a try. Call me nuts. Call me a riverboat gambler. But if your team is in okay shape, if you're not like fighting for the sixth seed, I think LaMelo Ball is a reasonable buy-low target, and I think you could get him for a hot, 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 big-name dude ranked between 35 and 50, and I don't know how long that works before they announce him coming back. And that, friends, is your show. I am at Dan Vespers over on social media. I certainly hope to see you guys over there. Uh, If everything goes according to plan today... I'll be able to put together a nice weekend review show. That should be coming up in the next little bit, or it'll be Saturday morning. Um, May have a weekend bonus show. That could be kind of fun. That way, this one just kind of gets to mellow. The buy low show gets its own stage for more than 25 minutes. Either way, we'll get a weekend review show going before next week begins, and then, of course, we'll have Monday. We'll get everything sort of reset back together and get back to normal. It's coming Monday the 8th. That'll be normal C. I got to talk to uh, D-Ball, B-Ball, Derek, find out if we can get back on our normal Monday schedule as well. We're through the holidays. We're into the new year. (sighs) Deep breath. We'll rumble on to the next thing. Thanks for watching, everybody, or listening. Please remember to subscribe, and I'll see you guys over on social. So long for now.